their swords clanging against shields and, and all of this battle stuff going on, right? And what does the Lord do? He sets a table right there on the battlefield. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us, and we appreciate if you guys would share this podcast episode with others, if you would leave us a review. Also want to cue you guys in on the fact that we revamped our website that has to do with this podcast. It's called gospelcenteredprolife.com. So you go to gospelcenteredprolife.com. We made a website, created a website some months ago. It just wasn't as good as it could be. So Mm. I revamped that. And it should be easily um, accessible to you guys. Should easily access episodes with certain subjects and certain keywords in them. So, you know, if you wanted to see what we had done, maybe episodes we had done about adoption or something like that, you can put that keyword in there and it'll show you the episodes. Our previous website didn't really do that very well. So this one does. There's also some other cool features on there. Just so I encourage you guys to take a, take a look at that website, gospelcenterprolife.com, and share the episode from there. There's, yeah, that's great, because we yeah. put these out to equip and encourage sidewalk counselors. That's all we do. That's what the every one of those articles and podcasts that we put out are are to help you. And, yeah. and so they're very, they're really helpful, I think. I think so. Yeah. That's why we do it. Yeah. So anyway, take advantage of that. And again, leave us a review. I think you can actually leave a review on that website. Oh, that would be good, because I've yeah. heard leaving reviews is not super easy. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, so do that, guys. We'd appreciate okay. it. So let's jump into our episode. We know that we're doing this after Roe v. Wade has been overturned. So we're okay. in the post-Roe America, as yeah. many folks have called it. And we just did an episode about where we were, kind of rejoicing in what the Lord has done, of like remembering the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned right. and the impact that had on us. Mm-hmm. And, and many of you guys remember that, too. And we'll remember that for generations to come, I'm sure. Yeah. It's amazing, really unprecedented and miraculous what the Lord did. Um, but because of that, there's certainly been an escalation of threats from pro-abortion people. There have been right. one group in particular that said that they were going to begin to vandalize churches, mm-hmm. pregnancy centers. Um, they've been spray painting on the side of buildings and pregnancy centers and churches. If abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. Right. And so they want to instill fear. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's just empty threats. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some deranged people out there. I mean, yeah. these are the people that support the murder of children inside the womb. So right. there's obviously things that are darkened in their hearts. Yeah. And they need Jesus. And so we thought that we would do an episode about staying safe, mm-hmm. in particular on the sidewalk. What are some things that you can do to stay mm-hmm. safe? Now, first and foremost, start out with the fact that we do not operate in a spirit of fear. Right. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Right? Yeah. So we're not to operate in fear, but we are to operate in wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices. The devil uses people. The Bible says that the spirit, this spirit that's at work 
in the sons of disobedience, this demonic spirit. Um, I can't quote the scripture exactly because I don't remember it exactly. But basically, this demonic spirit does all kinds of, of demonic things. And this spirit's at work in those who don't know God. Yeah. So the devil, demons, they work through people. And mm-hmm. so these people are not our enemy. We don't war against flesh and blood, right? We have to remember that. But we do need to be aware of their capabilities, and we do need to be aware of their tactics, and we do need to be aware of our surroundings so that we can not fall prey to any of their tactics if they their tactics turn violent. Yeah, I think if I could summarize in one word, be, be vigilant, be yeah. vigilant with because uh, – they there have been obviously threats throughout the nation and we are in a very exposed place yeah. and we're right on the front lines right so so we wrote this article and we're doing this podcast to kind of outline just some basic major things that we thought were useful for people to know yeah in trying to um, keep the environment peaceful be peacemakers yeah and um and safe. Yeah. 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 I want to define what it means to be vigilant for you okay. guys. What okay. does that mean to be mm-hmm. vigilant? Because yeah. we've talked about that. You yeah. mentioned it before. Be vigilant. Yeah. In essence, what it means, it's, it's kind of a battle term, actually. Mm. It means to have your eyes wide open, peering across the horizon, mm-hmm. being ready, right? Not being in fear, but being aware. It's, it's this battle readiness, this battle awareness that if something's coming at you, you need to be vigilant. You need to have your eyes wide open and aware so that you can respond appropriately. So yeah. that's kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about being vigilant. Right. Yeah. And all of these points sort of have to do with that, with being vigilant. Yeah, they do. Uh, and one of the first points, I think, is that we don't want to be the problem. In other words, do not be the source of escalating emotions. Yeah. Emotions are heightened out there right now. Yeah. Uh, I actually have not seen it so much, which is very surprising yeah. and actually raises my radar a bit because right. I'm not seeing it and I definitely expected it. Right. But um, but we should not be, uh, we've talked in other podcasts, we should not be gloating. Yeah. We certainly should not be responding to their despair, anger, whatever, with matching them with anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so- de-escalating as much as possible because mm-hmm. the atmosphere and and because of this kind of heightened angst and anger right. against pro-life people, all the more we're going to see dads that come to the abortion center and yell at us, you want to take away my girlfriend's or my wife's right to choose mm-hmm. or whatever and get in your face. Do the best you can just to de-escalate. And mm-hmm. the way that we de-escalate is we're not going to respond to anger with anger. Right. Normally, I'll put my hands up and just say, man, I'm not your enemy. That's Mm -hmm. probably my most common phrase. I'm not your Mm -hmm. enemy. I'm just here to offer help. And also understand, you don't always have to respond. Yeah. You know, if someone comes at you angry, maybe they're angry. Sometimes it's anger because we're trying to take away their their right to choose. A lot of times the anger does come from the boyfriend or a friend or a parent. It's not always, as a matter of fact, it's almost never the woman that's having the abortion. She's already broken. She's already, you know, there's a lot of confusion there. Sometimes it is, but for the most right. part, it's it's yeah. other people or it's pro-abortion people, you know, quote, counter-protesters or whatever. Right. But if someone comes at you and they're angry because we're trying to take away their, you know, somebody, their cousin's right to choose or whatever, and their cousin is going through a very difficult situation, we're going to respond with compassion. I'm sorry. 
that she's going through that. But we're here to offer help. Right. We're not here to yeah. protest. We're just here to offer help. So yeah. a soft answer turns away wrath. It does. It, and, it, and it's unexpected. I think they do expect us to just be like them. Yeah. And the more that we are more like Christ and, uh, you know, and I think the more likely it is it's going to throw them off their game yeah. And, yeah. and reduce uh, the desire for violence. But um, one of them that I wrote um, – that I brought up that I don't think I've heard you mention, Daniel, so maybe you don't agree with it. But um, I think that it's important that we re- we remind them in some way that we're human beings just like them. Yeah. So I, I, I phrase that as remind the, those in opposition of our joint humanity. We're, we're both groups of humanity, and we may have opposing points of views, but there's a lot that we hold in common. Yeah. We're both made in the image of a holy God. Yeah. We all have struggles, um, and we all hold a worldview, a viewpoint that um, it may be in stark contrast, but it doesn't mean that we should devalue them or that they should devalue us as yeah. fellow human beings. And I think if there's ways, like just very simple ways to do that, um, say good morning yeah. when when you see them. I Sometimes I think I should just ignore them, but I, I and I do for the most part because they're trained to distract us. But I think I've, I've maybe erred too much on the side of that, yeah. um, that just saying good morning is acknowledging, hey, you're a fellow human being. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, and I'll often say lately, I'll say, nice to see you. Not nice to see you here. Not nice to see you what you're doing. But it's nice to see you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you <laughs> don't want to agree humor, with what they're doing. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, I think reminding them by being kind as yeah. much as you're able to. Yeah. Um, but also reminding ourselves that they're also human beings. Exactly. Right? Even as yeah. misguided and as misdirected and as full of demons as they might be, yeah. they're still human beings made yeah. in the image of God. Yeah. And if they would repent and turn to Jesus, he would save them in an instant, right? Right. We at one time... We're dead in our trespasses and sins. Our minds are, the Bible says, our, our minds were darkened. Mm-hmm. And so we were captive to our sin, just like they are. We're no better than them apart from Christ. Yeah. And again, if they would come to the Lord, he would save them in an instant. So we yeah. need to remind them of our humanity, but also we need to remind ourselves and each other of their humanity. Yeah, I think that's exact, helpful. Exactly. The The next one is a really important one. Report any aggression, however minor, yeah. to the police. If there is any aggression against a sidewalk team, it needs to be reported. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's like threats against you, like mm-hmm. direct threats. I'm going to come over there and beat you down or I'm going to, I got a gun. I'm going to shoot you. Mm -hmm. Anything like that. Um, Of course, any physical aggression, if they push, if they take a sign out of your hand Mm -hmm. or whatever, you need to report it. You need to call the police. Now Mm -hmm. there are situations, many of these situations, the police either won't or can't do anything because they didn't see it. Um, or because it was not maybe a direct threat, communicating threats can be a little, there can be some gray area there. And so, but it's still good to hold them accountable. Still good if there's something that's over the top aggression, it's good to call the police. The worst that could happen is the police come out and and do nothing. At least it's been documented and they've been at least held accountable for that moment. Right. And then the next thing that we wrote is press charges because the police sometimes won't do anything, but it is within your rights to say, I would like to press charges. Yeah. Yeah. And you should. Right. You should if there's, especially if there's any touch, yeah. any physical aggression. Yeah. If there's physical 
altercation, if there's something they did to you, push you, hit you. Right. We did have an incident in California a couple of weeks ago. Mm. The young lady hit one of the sidewalk counselors out there. Mm. Thank God the team reacted pretty quickly. Uh, one of the team members actually got in his car and followed the lady who got in her car and left, followed her and was on the phone with the police from my understanding. And the oh, police wow. ended up finding her and pressed charges against her and she's been held accountable. Good. So, and, and you have yeah. to do that. If yeah. not for yourself, I, you know, we, we've talked about this many times, if not for yourself, for your team members. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause there can be this tendency, of course, we want to be forgiving, right? You can forgive in your heart. You can say, I forgive you for what you did mm-hmm. and not hold it against them. And you should, you should mm-hmm. have a posture of forgiveness toward anyone that does anything to you. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't hold them accountable and you don't let the law do its job. Hold the evildoers accountable. Romans chapter 13 tells us that. It holds evildoers accountable. Yeah. And also, again, it's not for your sake only. It's Mm -hmm. for the sake of those. Because you let that person get away with hitting you or smacking a sign out of your hand or whatever. Um, Then the next time they come around, maybe it's a passerby, maybe it's somebody going into the clinic. But either way, the next time they come around, they might do something even more violent to someone else who's not able to bear with it. Maybe it wasn't a big deal right. for you, yeah. but it might be a big deal for someone else. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it's an accountability thing. Yeah. And it's also kind of a team morale thing. Like your team, especially if you're in leadership, your team knows that you got their back when you press charges rather than just letting that stuff go. That's right. And one of the things that we did here in Charlotte, our city director did contact the police department proactively regarding our concerns because there had been nationwide threats of violence, yeah. we asked, could there be a patrol? Could they? Could at least an officer do a drive-by yeah. every now and then? Because we are concerned that there is going to be that there could be violence, and I've noticed that they have been doing that. Yeah, it's it's not constant, but I'll see usually once a day. Yeah, I'll I'll see them drive by, and and that presence I think is important. Yeah. and and that any any city. Could right. could do that, anyone with a sidewalk team. And I, I think it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good just to reach out to the local precinct mm-hmm. and ask them. All they can do is say no. Right. Hey, can you have an officer out here these hours? We're out there from 9 to 12. Could you have an officer, yeah. at least have an officer drive by because there's some heightened tensions because of the over, Roe v. Wade being overturned decision. And so, um, yeah, you, yeah, you have not because you ask not. That's right. The worst they can do is say no. That's right. And praying and fasting. Right. It's the next one we wrote, and that's so important. I really believe that, first of all, that is a big part of why Roe v. Wade was overturned, but I also believe why things have been, at least here, relatively calm. I know there is a huge number of people that are praying and fasting for peace and our protection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, remembering this is a spiritual battle. Yeah. We need to be in prayer. Right. I encourage you guys, like— and on your way to the abortion center, mm-hmm. I say you don't need to be listening to country music. You don't need to be listening to talk radio. You need to be in prayer and fasting. Maybe have some worship music on, worshiping the Lord. But you need to be in prayer, putting yeah. on the armor of God, understanding that this is a spiritual battle. This is not just an ideological battle. This is not just a Democrat-Republican battle. This is not a pro-life, pro-abortion battle. This is a light and darkness battle. And because of that, we need to be in prayer. We need to employ the tools that God has given us to fight this spiritual battle. Prayer Mm -hmm. and fasting are key. Worship, proclamation of the word, Mm -hmm. those are other keys Mm -hmm. to really waging this warfare. And so, um, yeah, be in prayer and fasting. Because God can do what you cannot. God can see what you can't. There may be some pro-abortion person on their way to the abortion center planning some kind of evil, some kind of 
you know, whatever evil they might plan against you. And somehow, because you've been in prayer, prayer and fasting, God supernaturally behind the scenes made it where their car wouldn't start or whatever. Who knows? But God can work behind the scenes. We just need to be in prayer and fasting and kind of giving it over to him yeah. and putting it in his hands and let him cover us and protect us. Yeah. And I've been very specific in my prayers, praying for protection for our teams, which is something I probably had not done a lot yeah. prior to Roe v. Wade. But but now I'm I'm very intentional about praying that our teams would be protected. Yeah. Next one is a pretty common sense one. Have a camera going yeah. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have cameras that we use pretty much nationally. All of our teams use these cameras that we get off of Amazon. They're Kind of expensive, about 150, 160 bucks, mm-hmm. but they have a battery inside of it. So you charge it overnight, you get it out, and the battery lasts probably three, four, yeah, maybe more. five hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can it have gets it. gets us through a shift. Yep. You can have it continuously recording, recording on a loop. So it kind of records over the previous thing if you haven't stopped the camera. Yeah. Um, I won't get into all the kind of <laughs> ways that you use that and. And as far as all the ways that it works, I'm sure it comes with an instruction booklet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a very useful tool. If an yeah. incident does take place, you can stop record on that. You can call the police, show it to them. And um, they can, the person that did whatever they did that you recorded can be held accountable. Right. And it can be a deterrent in and of itself if right. they see the camera going. And if you don't have one of those, always at least have your own phone camera ready to record yeah. Yeah. if you're seeing something that looks like it could, you know, boil over. Yeah, absolutely. And I do just as a little side note on mm-hmm. the camera, I always encourage people not to have it on your body. Right. Because it can be a deterrent from people going into the abortion center, actually coming and talking to you. You know, these women want to hide their sin. They don't want to be recorded doing it. So if you have a camera on your chest or a camera on your whatever, and it's right there, clearly visible, they're going to be less likely to approach you. Right. Uh, But you have to weigh that out. Maybe, Maybe that's how you need to do it. I always encourage you to put it maybe kind of back, maybe even across the road, like here at Latrobe, we have it across the road on a vehicle, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oftentimes kind of taking a view of the driveway. That's where most of the engagement takes place. And these things have a pretty wide angle on them. So, you know, you figure that out. I do think it is good to have it away a little bit um, so that it doesn't mess up the engagements that you'd otherwise have, but also pointed toward the area where there's going to be the most engagement. You can never have a camera pointed in every direction, right? You can have 15 cameras out there and still you could miss some things. Yeah. Um, and so you have to kind of weigh out is the, all of the stuff that has to do with buying the camera, setting the camera up, um, making sure it's charged, all that stuff. Is the juice worth the squeeze, as I say often? Yeah. And I think it really is. Yeah. But you have to weigh out how strategically you use that camera. But it is important to have yeah. a camera going the whole time you're out there. I agree. And another thing that is often not possible because men tend to work during the day, we have a lot of a lot more women. Uh, there are, you know, of course many women that work outside of the home, but we have for sure our teams are mostly women and yeah. there is really no doubt when there's a a man who can keep the peace, who is calm, he can't be someone given over to anger. Right. But if there's that type of man out on the sidewalk with us, it does seem to reduce the likelihood of of Aggression. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if possible, have men on your team. Yeah. Um, yeah. One that we have here is if you see a gun, oh, call yeah. the police. Yeah. And we have people, I don't, I've never had a gun like directly pointed at me. Right. 
at the abortion center, but I have had a couple of times where someone brandishes a gun. Right. Like and one so guy have I. had it as he was pulling out of the driveway, he pulled it up at the window, yeah. kind of had it like this. Well, you can't see me because you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> we had it kind of up against the window, not right. pointing at me, but kind of pointing up. Yeah. And I called the police on yeah. that. I didn't feel threatened by it necessarily, but he was obviously brandishing the gun to let me know he had a gun. And actually, the law here in North Carolina says that you can't have a gun if you go to a protest at a medical facility. And so, you know, maybe there's a little gray area there because he wasn't coming to a protest, but we're supposedly protesting and he's involving himself in that when he's engaging with us. So anyway, I called the police. They didn't really do much, but it did hold him Mm -hmm. accountable. So Mm -hmm. if you ever see a gun, call the police, whether you feel threatened or not, you still should call the police. To hold them accountable because you don't want them ultimately using that gun, right? Yeah, yeah. Never minister alone. Yeah, for for so many reasons, it, it's biblical. Yeah. We were sent out. Jesus yeah. sent two the two. disciples out two by two, but you always have a witness with you then, right. and and someone that can you know help you in in yeah. if there's an emergency. So yeah, and I would always... say in this day and age, all the more like this. This yeah. should be a hard and fast rule. Yeah. Never be out there by yourself. And I know the temptation if you don't have someone with you to be out there alone, uh, because I'm often very tempted. I'm not really given to fear, strangely enough, when I'm out on the sidewalk. But it is just wisdom. Don't be alone. Don't be alone. And then, of course, if there are direct threats or active violence, if you can, our suggestion is that you leave. Yeah. Don't yeah. try and fight it out, in other yeah. words. If you feel a direct threat and imminent danger to you or to your team, it's okay to leave. Yeah. Now, we don't want to, of course, pack up and leave just on a whim, and you guys would never do that. Right. But if you feel that there's an imminent threat, there's someone here that has a gun, and they look angry and violent, or God, God knows more than we do. He can speak to our hearts. If there's several members of your team that kind of testify like something's off here, something's not quite right, we need to leave. I would say from the mouth of two or three witnesses, if your whole team is kind of in agreement that we need to leave because something's off here, then probably should leave. Yeah. Probably should pack it up. Yeah. We, we don't want anyone to feel like they're not a hero or they're less of a right. Christian if they're going to stick it out in the midst of, of escalating violence. And, right. uh, and we want you to know it would be wise and right. it would protect each other for you for you to leave. Here's one that you may or may not agree with me. Okay. Um, using social media to your advantage. In other words, what I mean by that is, is take photos and videos. If you're seeing... Um, the opposition being aggressive in a way that that you know is going to reflect poorly on them, I think it might not be a bad idea to bring social pressure on them. Yeah, not to behave that way. Yeah, now yeah. It can backfire. It's because can. some people want that attention. So when do you decide to do one or the other? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe pray and seek the Lord. I think it yeah. is good to expose these pro-abortion people, these angry people yeah. to the the larger public to see what these folks, so that people can see what these folks are Because most people are horrified. When, yeah. when my friends see what we endure, they cannot believe it. Yeah. They can't yeah. believe that like civilized human beings would act that way. Right. And yeah. so that helps, I think, to change the heart and the mind of a nation. Yeah, it can. 
So, I mean, yeah, the gospel I mean, ultimately is what does that. But I think sure. seeing the face of evil and what they do is really sometimes very powerful. Yeah, yeah, I think it can be. So definitely seek the Lord for wisdom about that. Of course, if you put them on social media, they're likely to put you on social media. And there's been some threats from pro-abortion people to dox pro-life people, which means put out your information for the public uh, so that people yeah. would come to your house and all this other stuff. Yeah. So you got to weigh those things out. Um, certainly want to seek the Lord. Yeah, and so just a little um, FYI, don't give personal information. If at yeah. all possible, don't don't let anyone know your last name, your address, your phone yeah. number, all yeah. of that stuff, just really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, using scripture, we already talked about that a little bit, to help any other pro-life groups de-escalate. And what I mean by that, oh, actually, we didn't talk about this. Sometimes the escalation is coming from someone who's not with your group, yeah. but they're pro-life. And we actually have seen that this this week right, yeah. and last week. And it puts us in danger. And the moms and the, the abortion proponents really don't care which pro-life group is be, being jerks or aggressive. Yeah. They're going to lump us all together. Sure. Yeah. And and so sometimes pulling those other pro-life groups aside and saying, hey, man, you're you are actually putting us in danger with this. Yeah. And, and can can we bring it down a notch? Because right. yeah. this is not helpful. Yeah, because like we've said oftentimes, I'm going to keep beating this drum uh-huh. in our ministry at the abortion center. We're not out there protesting. Right. We're not out there trying to appeal to the powers that be. We're not out there to go back and forth with pro-abortion people. Right. We're not out there to state our cause to the pro-abortion you know, contingency. We're out there to appeal to those mothers. Mm-hmm. So getting in a back and forth with some pro-abort and just getting in a shouting match and proving your point so that their point is proven wrong, that's not helpful there. It's just right. not the scenario for it. Yeah. If you want to do that stuff, go to the courthouse. I think a lot of these pro-abortion groups are doing <laughs> these. Yeah, um, you'll find them there. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll find them there doing these protests of, you know, never again, not turning back with the you know, their signs with the coat hanger on them, not turning back to, you know, these so-called dangerous abortions. Every abortion is dangerous. What are these people talking about? But anyway, if you want to go argue with those people, <laughs> go and argue with them at the courthouse or the city square, but not yeah. in front of the abortions. Yeah. Because it just it takes away from the actual reason we're there to reach those moms going into the abortion center. Right. And we've actually found that that mindset is true reaching the women. If you're just argumentative, screaming at them, you know, trying to prove your point in a very argumentative and loud way, it usually doesn't end yeah. well. Yeah, it, it they rarely doesn't. come and talk with us. Yeah. yeah. So I think our final point here. Mm-hmm is we'll just talk from Psalm 23, something we've talked about. Oh, it's such a good one if, if, yeah. in today's age, isn't it? Well, it's always good, but... Yeah. Well, Psalm 23, you guys know, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the... You know, you know the scripture. We know it in King James English. Yeah. But David's talking there about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. He's talking about this, this place of darkness, this place of death. Mm-hmm. And I think you all would agree, if you've ever been in front of an abortion center, there is no place that could be more um, readily identified as the valley of the shadow of death, more clearly evident as the valley of the shadow of death than the abortion center and being in front of the abortion center. And so what does that psalm say? Though we're there in that valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is with us, Mm -hmm. right? That's what it says. Mm -hmm. It says... I fear no evil. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Guys, remember, 
The Lord is with you. We don't walk in fear. Yeah, we need to be wise. We need to be aware of Satan's devices. We need to have a camera going. We need to not be out there at the, uh, out there alone by ourselves, right? We need to hold people accountable, all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, we walk in faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk in fear because it says, I will fear no evil for you are with, with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love that. I love that that one too. Yeah. The picture there is a battlefield Mm -hmm. where there's arrows whizzing by, flaming arrows, and there's swords clanging against shields and and all of this battle stuff going on, right? And what does the Lord do? He sets a table right there on the battlefield. Yeah. You and the Lord share a meal together in the midst of that battle. Yeah. You can have peace in the midst of that battle. You can have fellowship and union with Jesus in the midst of that very real spiritual battle that you're in on the sidewalk. So we don't need to be afraid. We need to have communion with God. We need to be in fellowship with the Lord. That's what we need to be in prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. And we need to walk in faith Yeah. as we use God's wisdom to uh, give a voice to the voiceless. Amen. Amen. That's a, that's a great way to end this sort of scary, I yeah. guess, podcast. We don't want us, us all to now be afraid. We want to remind all of us, God is with us. And honestly, will bad things happen? They might. Yeah. But he's still with us, even even in those hard and bad things. Yeah. He's right there with us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope this was an encouragement to you. And we hope that you guys will reach out to us. If you have any suggestions for other episodes, maybe any questions about previous episodes or this episode in particular, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You reach her, Vicky with a Y, at lovelife.org. Again, check out our website, gospelcenteredprolife.com. And uh, you can check out all of the episodes. All of our episodes are on that website. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you